Hey everybody, this is Artifice episode 5, my interview with my good friend and drummer extraordinaire Steve Lyman. Steve has toured all around the world as both a performer and a music educator, and is known for his technical mastery and his modern approach to rhythm and independence. Steve also has a bunch of awesome endorsements, and I will include a full list of those in the show notes. For this episode, Steve and I talk about aligning yourself, your work, your art, everything you do in a big picture, fluid sort of way. We talk about trusting your gut and following your passion. And we also touch on the dark, isolating side of art and how we battle it in our own careers. Okay, enjoy. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary. And sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections, but we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. This episode of Artifice is brought to you by Let's Make Art. The team at Let's Make Art understands that not everybody has the time and space to create, so they make it easy by providing paints, paper, tutorials, and inspiration for watercolorists of all levels. As a professional musician, I'm always needing new inspiration and new ways to explore my creativity. Let's Make Art helps me set aside time each week to work with my eyes and hands and give my ears a little break so I can get back to music feeling refreshed and re-engaged. To join the Let's Make Art community, visit www.letsmakeart.com and use promo code ARTIFICE, that's all caps, A-R-T-I-F-I-C-E, for 10% off brushes from now until May 1st. This is nice. I know, I love it so much. Wow. This is a bad, it's a bad sign. Steve, I need you to listen to this. Hold on. Is that like one, hold on. Is that like one oh, is that one twelve? I don't know. I have no idea. So yeah, part, part of the reason that I'm doing this too is it's, it's so many, it's killing so many birds with so few stones. Be comfy. Just, this is nice. Enjoy yourself. And I have my coffee. Yeah. My cold brew coffee. By the way, this is a good cold brew coffee. Is it? I yeah, I just don't know. Um, when I stopped kind of, you know, caring about well, yeah. my like religious strictures around coffee, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great! I can drink coffee, and then as it turns out, you don't like it. I hate it. Yeah, you don't have to like. But I just for as a coffee snob, this is a good coffee. So. Good. I, that's why I was I was worried. Are we rolling now? Yeah, oh, we're rolling. Okay. Um, but I can cut anything you want. But pull that microphone closer to your face, though. Okay. Um, is that good? Yeah, All it's right. great. I know I was only going to have one set of headphones, and then I was like, I'm going to be interviewing so many musicians. Um, These are nice headphones, too. Thanks. Well, I was going to say, you know, this podcast is a lot of things. It's like, you know, it's an opportunity to kind of talk to people who I want to talk to anyway. Um, but, you know, it's always great to be creating content at the same time. Yeah. Um, and furthermore, I want to learn how to use my audio software better. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a, I'm an, I'm a, I'm an audio baby. So. Well, this is good. Though. I mean, this is a medium that's, that's really emerging though. So why not jump in? Sure. No, I feel the same way. Um, yeah. So, uh, one of the reasons that I 
do you need, is that stuck? No, I'm just wondering if you can hear me. There we go. Um, yeah, and it's a boom, you know, so you can put it wherever. <laughs> um, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, they have like YouTube also. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guests are always just like comfy, chatting, hanging out. Yeah. So, you know, um, I've heard it said at the bare minimum, you should create content that you would consume. So hmm. try to follow that. That's a good, that's a good example. It's a pretty good minimum. Um, hmm. you know, something that you would, that you would want. Um, but one of the reasons I'm excited to interview you is because of, of all the musicians that I know, um, you know, we have kind of varying balances of, you know, trying to create toward a specific market or toward a specific need, um, hmm. and kind of creating toward our, you know, our own kind of desire. And I, I'm under the impression that you follow kind of your passion, mm-hmm. um, which I, um, you know, I think it's maybe kind of rare. Hmm. Uh, maybe it's not. Hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm excited to, ha- I'm excited to, you know, talk about this subject with you. Um, so we can kind of start wherever you want. Hmm. Um, do you have a place in mind? Well, I just want to say this coffee is really good again, one more time. (laughs) Good. So, so Emily nailed it. Um, Yeah, I think I really appreciate uh, being here, and I appreciate you know our friendship and Andrew too. Uh, He's he's a badass drummer, and um, yeah, so it's an honor to be here and whatever BS I can offer (laughs) um, that could be of any use to anyone. Sure. Yeah, and also I'm just. I'm, I get so nerdy about it. Like I just, I love hearing how each of us, you know, and, and I don't know if I told you this already, but mm. I'm, I'm not just planning to interview musicians. So I've had a photographer yeah. and have a, a chef lined up oh, and, cool. you know, all kinds of visual art, dance. What's, so what are the common denominator between the people that you're interviewing? Professional artists. So people that are doing what they're doing. Yep. Yeah, and I think I specifically am, am hoping to, you know, almost exclusively talk to people who are mostly freelance. So people that, that to, to some or, you know, more or less extent, have to think about marketing in some sort of way. So is it, are you seeing this from a creative approach and, and kind of picking people's heads as to who like what why each of them are doing what they're doing and all yeah that kind of stuff. and also nice. how like how do you think about it nice. how what motivates you know the choices that you make how do you deal with advertising social media so i guess what's going to help me is is to maybe just from your perspective understand how you view me and then what i can maybe in terms of my career or what I'm putting out there. And then I can, I can answer it from the inside perspective. Great. So I'd love, I mean, I'd love to start with maybe just, let's talk about like what you, what you feel art is in your life. Like what, what is art for you? And maybe kind of what I mean is if there's like, if there are boundaries in your career of the things that feel artistic and things that feel like kind of necessary evils, what are those boundaries? And if everything feels like art, I want to know that. But yeah, let's just talk about that's kind a, of... That's a heavy and great question. I think that's a really deep question for me because um, my, you know, my direct family, it's kind of a complicated question too because my direct family um, had nothing but musicians primarily. My dad was a classical guitarist and my stepmom was a professional flautist. And 
Um, I started playing. So I think for me, I, th- I started playing the drums when I was when I was thirteen. Sweet. And then I started studying with Jay at sixteen, and then I started going to college, and uh, I got the jazz bug pretty early, and. The jazz bug. The jazz bug. I love it. And um, I got to a point where I knew I needed to move to New York. And that was a really internal, like a deep knowing kind of feeling. And this is kind of really paraphrasing. Um, And I think I'll get to answer your question. But um, And then New York was a lot of great experiences and challenging experiences. And then coming home was also the right move. Yeah. And then I've been here for 10 years back and, you know, a long time ago I went and got my master's here. Now I teach at the U and I taught at a couple other universities. And and I think I'm at a point now where I'm f- focusing on what I want to do. Yeah. And I think related to all of those moments, kind of those big moments in my life, I think the underlying denominating factor, whether I was aware of it or not, was I was following my gut. And that's a scary place to kind of be in. I think in some ways I'm kind of resentful. In some very few ways I'm resentful of going to New York because I went to, even though I had a really good scholarship, I I have tons of student loan debt, Mm. you know. But it was also the right move uh, for a lot of reasons. And if I didn't go, I would have stayed and I would have probably be, been eaten up by that. You know, yeah. That opportunity might have passed. Sure. So I don't really regret that at all. Um, and it was what was necessary. I think... <sighs> when you were in school, mm-hmm. did that feel like art? Well, I think... You know what I mean? Like, I don't really see, for me, I don't really see in my best self, I don't really see a separation between my drumming and going to the store. Yeah. I don't really see I don't really see a difference between between creating and loving my dog i think yeah i mean i'm not surprised to hear this from you which is why you know i said at the beginning like i i have the instinct or like kind of the the idea from you that like you kind of see your life as like a creative endeavor yeah i kind of do and i think it's interesting because i've i'm also a buddhist now and and i've been a buddhist for a little while and i have a i have a we're pretty solid practice and I have a teacher who's great and he kicked my ass. And, you know, one of the things that's coming up is, you know, my fear of being my father is a big, big element. And I'm not really going to touch that subject here, but I would say he's not very healthy. And, and one of the things about, well, I hope this doesn't get to my dad. Do whatever, Uh, say whatever you want. I mean, you you know, I'm on the same page with that stuff. Yeah. I would just say, he's really talented, but his sense of self is really strong. Mm. And I think there's a lot of fear behind that. And, um, and I definitely understand that. And I have my own narcissistic battles that I have to confront, but I also have tons of self doubt that I've had to conquer too. And that's kind of where I found my spiritual ground. But, um, 
I think what's coming up for me and something that in my my meditation practice that's coming up is I have a huge identity sometimes with music. I see Steve as a musician, and I want to keep that idea of him going. And then to see that is really scary because then I'm like, well, should I like get a different job or... You know, I start thinking about all these different things. But then if I'm just focused on the present moment here right now, then it's not about creating a market strategy necessarily, though I do sometimes have that as, you know, I'm aware of those things. It's more about creating. It's it's creating, you know, in the same way. You know, I have a record that I know I need. I I have my music ready to go, my band's ready to go, but everybody's in different places. Mm -hmm. I just, like, that's in my belly, okay, that needs to get done. Um, I have some projects that I'm involved in that are really important to me. They're going to get done. There's people that I want to play with musically. Um, I want those to happen. There are drummers that I want to connect with more. Yeah. Um, and and those are, and they're kind of my guides. That's in my belly. When my dog food, when the the bin my dog food is low, like. I know I need to take care of that. Did I finish all my dishes this morning? No. Like, it's not about... Then when I'm behind the drums, also having, you know, I've had a lot of talent, but I've also had a lot of self that got got in the way of that. And so, like, my time would rush a lot and I wouldn't work on the fundamentals. And now I'm really just focused on both my weaknesses, which I just addressed, but also giving myself permission to explore what I'm interested in. And, you know, this last year was kind of a hard year for me and also a great year for me. Um, I, I separated with my with my partner. And, you know, that was a hard breakup yeah. uh, for both of us. And it would also created a, lot, a huge opening for me to see my self-criticism in new ways. And it also gave me a chance to move towards in that deep vulnerability, a chance to say, I'm going to really just do what I want to do even mm-hmm. more, not from a self perspective, not like I want to do this. Yeah. It was more like, okay, I'm feeling like I really want to do these things. And I would notice the internal opposition to them. And so yeah. I'm, I, w- I, I think last year was a really great training ground in becoming a little bit stronger and facing my inner demons. And then from that, I had my first year European tour as a solo drum educator. And, That's awesome. And, and I basically, minus sticks, I mean, minus a stick or a hardware endorsement, I got every single endorsement I ever wanted. That's and, awesome. And, you know, that's an, Steve. that's an exterior thing. But those things helped me, like, you know, for where I want to go in my career, endorsements are important, you know, as I go to different countries and do these different things. It's nice to have support. Um, It's nice to feel, it's nice to play instruments that I I love. But it also, it helps too, like, when I have my internal, like, I'm not good at this or that, then I can be like, well, I'm not the best and I need to do a lot of work, but, you know, I I have the support from, from these these organizations that I love. Yeah. And so it's just, that kind of helps. And I totally. need it. I just needed that. Yeah. Okay. I'd love to talk about that more. Um, but yeah, I think you and I maybe had a similar 2018 uh, 
you know, my mom died at the beginning of 2018. And I also have had like a bizarre balance in the last 12 months of like doing, you know, following kind of that gut instinct of like, I need to do these things and like, just kind of, uh, you know, like a, like a, almost like a, like a good kind of a tunnel vision Mm -hmm. where it's like, I'm just going to do this. I'm not going to think about too much else. Um, but then also kind of like bumping up against like those old struggles. And, uh, so what you, what I feel like you were just touching on, maybe, maybe I'm getting wrong is like, you know, maybe not so much the idea of like a validation, but like support. Um, yeah. So do you feel like, like what role does that support play in like your ability to create? Well, I think, so as someone who has a strong sense of self and (laughs) I think, um, what I'm learning is it's, you're not going to not be a human being and have desires and wants and affirmations and acceptance and love and you're not going to have insecurities, but you can start to be softer with them. There are times where, um, there are times where you need to be focused on what you want. There are times where I need to make X amount of dollars for this. There are times where it feels really good when someone puts out a video clip of me and it helps me maybe go to a different country or I get to collaborate with musicians that I really want. There's, there's an, there's an element of, there's a, so the poet David White, who I have a little bit of interesting connection with, who's, he's a really uh, great poet and philosopher. Um, he speaks about, are, you know, when you start when you start to be vulnerable and you you inwardly start to be vulnerable, um, one thing that you confront is that you're you're afraid of of being seen. You're we have a we have a fear of being um, we, there's a fear of being a leader if you're in a leadership position or if you're the you know let's say you you're you need to be a, a band leader you might have a fear or you might have a fear of of asking for the amount of money you deserve yeah and you know i think i think there's a season for all i think there's a season for self-improvement and getting the things that you desire. And then there's a season for letting them go and focusing on how is this helping other people and, and how am I helping other people? But the ultimately, if you're not helping yourself, then you're not going to be able to help anyone else. That's true. So, I mean, ultimately it's not just about you and I'm learning that more, hopefully learning it more and more. But, but I think one thing that I've also been, cultivating is that if I don't say yes to what my internal wisdom is telling me or a boundary I need to place on certain people or, you know, whether it's a financial thing or say yes to a creative venture, then, or not, or say no to a creative venture, which is the same thing, then I'm not honoring myself. And then I just feel like shit by the end of the day. So, I think for me, the inward what I'm what I'm feeling from an inward perspective usually help helps me to navigate the outward perspective and vice versa. Does that make sense? Yeah, 
Um, so, you know, from an outside perspective, it looks like you, you get a lot of support. You have like, you know, you have a lot of followers, you have these sponsorships. Was there a time when you felt like you had, you didn't have that? Most of my life. So what, what happened? I mean, how, how do you feel like it happened that you got from one place to the, to the next place? I started, I started looking inside. I think my biggest fear is, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to talk about my family dynamics, but I went through, and I didn't have the worst fa- upbringing, but I, it was definitely, I've definitely had my fair share of work that I've had to do, and I still do, uh, with certain f- family elements. And I've struggled with shame my whole life, and I've struggled with, self-doubt and self-criticism in crippling ways mm-hmm. just absolute crippling ways um i mean i can really attribute my success to or my successful process as me when i first started meditating and i I started to get to know myself on an interior perspective. And then I could start to see what are the what are the things that I want that are maybe a certain pattern that's not help, healthy or mm. what are projections that I'm thinking. And then where where am I also really wanting to go that I'm getting in my own way? And sure. I think the big the big that's a big one that I think a lot of people struggle with is where are you getting in your own way? Oh, well, I, I mean, that's like the whole point of this project for me is like, where do we kind of get stuck? Like, what can we put words on this weird, like push and pull? Mm-hmm. So you started meditating, what, like f- five years ago? No, I started meditating about 10 years ago. Okay. I, be- I became a Buddhist five years ago. Okay. Um, so, so 10 years ago, like, as kind of like quantifiably as you can, mm-hmm. like what was going on in terms of like, you know, your like outward success, like the kinds of things that people well, might That was at. when I was, so 10 years ago, I mean, so I've always had, you could say talent for music, but there, there, I also, you know, when I was in New York, I was pretty successful. I was touring with this, uh, I was touring with this, a vocalist by the name of uh, Jose James and, and uh, I was on a couple of big records, and I was touring in Europe a lot, and I was doing these things. But emo- and, but I also had a lot of weaknesses, too, that I wasn't seeing. You know, I thought my shit was better than I thought it was. And But I also, and and I also ha- had had some stuff that I also couldn't own, and then it comes out, it came sure. out in different ways, too. Totally. There's the ele- that element, too. Um. Yeah, so I just kind of want to get in. What like happened? What happened though? What happened is I I was very emotionally unstable, and I was very psychologically unwell. And I ended a relationship at the time, and I broke up with Jose at the time too, mm. uh, in in his band. And New York was a really unhealthy place for me to be. And then I came back home, and then I my dad was like, "You should start meditating." And then I actually did. And it felt amazing. And then I read an article that the guitarist Kurt Rosenwinkel did, mm-hmm. which he also talked about meditation. And then I just started finding myself in that practice. Then I went back to New York and then thinking that I needed to go back there. And then I started 
the practice there. And then I would have these visions of, I need to be in Salt Lake. I need to be in hmm. Salt Lake. And I just, and I just followed it and I just followed it. And gradually over time, it just, I, I needed to find a teacher and I found one, but it, it's helped me with my own internal navigation where the, so if I didn't have that practice for me, by no means am I psychologically perfect and by no means am I perfect, you know, am I completely balanced, but I would, I would not have, I would not be where I'm at right now. Sure. That's, I mean, that's just a given. So, so before you moved back to Salt Lake, Mm -hmm. you were working a lot, gigging a lot, recording, touring. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like, and it, and it, you know, I think I moved to Salt Lake right around the time you were moving back. 2008, 2009. So I moved here in 2012. Okay. So it's like, you know, kind of Ish. a right around, like around yeah. the same time. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't know you before. Um, but I feel like your career has changed a lot in the last six years since I've been here. Yeah. So, um, you know, that yeah. I'm sure that looks like a certain way from like an outside perspective. Um, what has it looked like to you in this terms of like... This is really comfy. Isn't it a nice yes, one? Yes, it's, it's good. It's from Target. I like it. Target. <laughs> yes. So, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, like, I want to know about your Instagram. I want to know about like <laughs> setting up your, your, yeah. your solo tours where you're not, you know, or you... Or tours where you feel like you're more kind of well, on int- the bill. It's interesting. Instagram was actually a block. You know, everyone was on Instagram like, oh, God, I don't want to get on Instagram. And, oh, it's another thing. And, um, and you know, going, I think that was also like the negative, I don't want to be another thing that I want to do. Oh. And part of it was also putting myself out there in other totally. ways, too. Even though I was already active a lot on Facebook and, and all And things. when was this? This like, oh, this Instagram like, book three years ago or something. Okay. And then I started just kind of putting a couple of videos of my playing and, and most of them were kind of teaching based. And I noticed pretty quick that, um, what I was putting out there, uh, a lot of people felt like they needed. Okay. Like, yeah. so people, so for a long time, I just to- completely was, was, I don't want to join Instagram. I don't want to do it. And then I started doing it, and I found that I had this really cool creative outlet for me to just kind of put out stuff that was interesting to me and that I could be myself genuinely yeah. most of the time. That's great. And and what I found pretty quick is that I had a lot of people kind of all over the world that were excited about what I was doing. Yeah. Well, okay, so yeah, yeah I, wa- I want you to continue the story, but like while we're here in this part of the story, I mean, I think you're right. It's not like there weren't drummers on Instagram, you no, know, there's a shit ton so of many drummers, drummers but it yeah. really seems like, I mean, from my perspective, it really seems like the type of stuff you're putting on Instagram, like, tell me if this is wrong. It seems like you weren't thinking like, what do people want on Instagram? No, you're just every thinking, time like, I do that, every what am ta- I into? Every time I do that. Every time I go down the road of, every time I go down the road of, how do I get more followers and what's, I just don't feel good. Yeah. I just don't feel right. And I think people, people can smell bullshit. 
people can like i mean i'm not really i don't really care about getting i don't really care about getting a hundred thousand followers i'd like to maybe have like fifty thousand where i can you know put out a whole bunch of content and then you know maybe a fraction of those people pay for content and maybe hook up by helps my helps me travel more yeah sure. i mean it, there is a business aspect to that but it's also cool to just connect with a lot of people but how am i connecting like do i bleach my hair and like get a double bass drum pedal like that would be dumb like yeah, no you like maybe couldn't pull it off because it would it's be not bullshit what you, yeah. it would just but i mean if i can share like what i like doing and the way that I like playing and also share what I'm not good at. Like, and I, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of BS on I'll, here. I'll rein it in because this is a podcast. I think Dude, there's a lot of, for it. I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of inauthenticity online because everybody's trying. Yeah. And I think everyone's afraid to be themselves and, and everyone just feels everyone's putting, including myself, we all put on these facades, but I think it's an interesting thing when you actually, when you play from a place or you approach, I mean, the, the big, the bigger, in, the bigger internet kind of, the, the, the most followers I've ever gotten are from things that I've done that I'm just like, I'm really wanting to do this. Yeah. Whether it's like something I'm really into as, as a player or maybe just talking about concepts that are vulnerable. I found that I, and then I would lose audience members too. Like, like I lost five or so people today, but then I get 10 more like tomorrow or something. You're not, if you're afraid of losing people, I don't know. I think that, I think the long game, you have to think about the long game Mm -hmm. and the long game is you just have to be you because I mean, the drummers that I really look up to, like Mark Giuliano is a really big hero uh, Benny Greb, I kind of dig a lot. Um, there's a there's a chick in uh, Germany named Annika Annika Niles who I think is just she's so bad, and <laughs> and and they're them. Yeah, they're just who they are, and you know, like it's not about. Like okay, so let's say you okay, let's do a thought experiment. How do I get more followers? Okay, well, I can. I can you, have a flashier this or that or the other. Okay, sure. Try to or like I crack could, some. Or I could do some code. Bu- yeah, or like, I don't know. And then okay, let's say you get successful at it, and then you go down this road, and then okay, and maybe you make a buck at it. But like, do you feel? who you like who you are david white the poet like he, he was speaking on if if you're interested there's a really cool cool podcast called on being with krista Sweet. Tippett, and it's a it's a pretty incredible podcast where she she gets to connect with kind of the leaders in the spiritual psychological world and 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 um david white was kind of saying this really funny thing he goes what's kind of really amazing about human beings is that we are the only species on earth where we can not want to be who we are. So for instance, like a mountain is, is just like a mountain. Um, 
a tortoise is a tortoise, a fish is just a fish. But we humans, we you know, you never see like a you never see like a dog being like, you know, I just wish I was a bear today. God, <laughs> God damn it, I just wish I was a bear. But we do that. And then what we we're also really good, and this is just what he was saying, like we're also really good at not only are we good at saying, you know, I wish I really wish I was this other thing today. But what we can do is we can also get good at that to the point where we forget who we actually are. Oh, that is real. And then, yeah. okay, so then you live this life where you've cultivated this false persona, and that's just going to bite you in the ass. Yeah, yeah. I I agree with you. Yeah, so you, you were talking before about, you know, we're kind of at risk for creating this, this facade. Um, the podcast is called Artifice, because it's, you know, like art, but then this, it's like... This podcast. My podcast. Nice. Um, you know, because there's... I think we're, all, we're caught between, like you know, parts that are artificial. And even if like, you know, one thing I think is so common, there are so many artists who are so introverted. And even if you're finding a way to have a a public presence that is authentic, maybe the fact that it's public is like a a twinge inauthentic just because it's, you know. But yeah, I know people who are very introverted, but... um their way of expressing themselves, whether it's on a stage or it's online, is a way that they can, you know, the, there is a duality. You can't be introverted and extroverted in certain qualities. It's not this or that. There are kind of, I, don't, I feel like I'm a pretty introverted person. Like I, I can be pretty isolation-y. I can be pretty, I can be kind of a monk like dude. And then, but I'm, you know, I like to put out stuff. I like to share. I like to collaborate. I sure. like to travel. I like to connect with people. But ultimately, so the definition of an extrovert is you get, you get energy, from you get energy yeah. from people and mm-hmm. I get drained. Yeah. And introvert, you need to, an introvert needs to go in to get energy. Sure. Yeah. So I think my question is, not to interrupt, sorry. No, no, it's fine. So as you're, as you're kind of, you know, finding these ways that you can have these kind of extroverted parts of your career or mm-hmm. parts of your kind of identity. Yeah. Does that feel like something you have to practice? Does it feel like a mm-hmm. like a part of you that maybe starts out a little like uncomfortable and like do you have That's a great question. I think so. I mean, I think I think I have, you know, I think when I'm really honest with myself, I can't really imagine me doing like at this juncture. It's not about being well, I mean, it's not so much being this drummer with like do I need to be this drummer in the certain way as as my personality. It's more like what I'm doing gives me energy to to play the way that I play with the people that I play with, the people that I want to play with, the music that I like listening to. Those are the things that those are the things that move me, you know, when I listen to a Tigran Hamasyan record. Yeah. That that I that's that's it. Or when I, you know, tour with Chase and we get into arguments. That moves me too. Um Do you think that's kind of a constant of your personality or do you think that's something that's evolved? I think it's both. I yeah. think but I, you know, I think when I'm inspired by what inspires me, whether it's art or literature or 
just knowing like I need to take my dog up to the mountains today or or I need to cook tonight or or whatever like I'm just I'm I'm being me in that it's just what I'm doing is I'm I'm cultivating my own presence on a deeper level and so when I behind the drums is which but if let's say that's the medium I'm on then I'm just I'm going to really explore things that I really want to explore and people can kind of get that sense yeah yeah I, I mean I think I feel the same way as you like and I think it's one reason I'm I'm interested in this subject I I also feel creative about kind of everything that I'm doing you yeah. know like like you keep kind of bringing up food and it's awesome I, I feel so i feel like i use food as a creative outlet so much of the time yeah but for me one. it's like it's not like cooking was a hobby it was more like i need to eat and like god damn it i'll find a way to be creative while i'm figuring out how to eat yeah because it, yeah. it i because i get i get so bored and i lose motivation so quickly if i don't feel like there are at least some creative elements in kind of what I'm doing. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, my mind's naturally going all over the place. And I don't cook nearly as much as I should. But the thing about cooking is relating it to practice is when you're just, if you can just cut, let's say you have just a crazy day, but when you're just cutting mushrooms and you're just really just cutting mushrooms at home, all of a sudden there's an alignment that takes place. And it also allows for something else to move on, too. I mean, but I think cooking is a, you know, like when I'm practicing and I'm really practicing, it's not me trying to practice. It's not me, Steve, trying to, am I trying to cultivate something? I mean, there have been those times, but that's not my best self. Usually when I'm really playing the drums... I think I think for me, um, you know, I think for me, Corey Christiansen posted something the other day, and I was just I was processing. He said he was talking about how talent. He doesn't really believe in talent, yeah, and I kind of said it's overrated. And yeah. I kind of I can see where he's saying that, but I I don't think I think another way of describing what talent is is. I, I've met a lot of musicians who are who are pretty. You know, I'll just use the term who are jazz for a little while, who are super into playing, and then they just burn out. Yeah, it's it just kind of they just stop or whatever. I think talent for, for me at this point is just the capacity to love working every day. Like if if you, I think talent is just love for working sure and i think i mean that's what it is for me and i think i like to work on the drums every day i i feel good when i work on one to maybe two concepts a day and then it feels good to share them yeah there's the ego element but it also feels good to share those ideas and it feels good to when i share those ideas i feel like i'm connecting and it also is good for my business yeah Great. So, okay. And, it's, so, and it doesn't feel like bullshit. Right. It feels like I feel fluid in that process. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of holistic. It just feels good. Um, so you follow 
kind of that gut instinct or you follow what you're inspired by, you follow what you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there are people who, for whom that's bad advice? Um, like do you, or people for whom that just doesn't work? Well, I don't think, I think most of us are not good at that. I mean, I can't speak for most people, but I think. No, I find that as a teacher sometimes, you know, the advice that was good for me as a student, yeah. I, I can feel it not always working because I think like, oh, that advice is good when it's paired with like that kind of drive, you but know, that's, or but that's But curiosity. that's your gut knowing that though. Like your gut's putting that. I think that there's... Oh, there's, sure. I just mean, yeah. are there some people whose guts aren't... A good compass. I don't think so. I think yeah. I think everyone has the. I think everyone is of equal value. I think I don't think one person. I think everyone is. Um, everyone's capable of his or her genius. Sure, and, I agree. Um, whether you're a genius at music, or you're a genius at whatever. But I think let's think about let's think about what genius is though. And I'm not saying I'm a genius by any effing means, but what I'm saying is we tend to think, so this is going to the gut notion, okay? So where I've struggled and I've seen a lot of people struggle is where we mentally construct something that we want. And I've, I've very, I've been there, I'm still there, where my ego wants something I'm, and I'm grasping for something that I conceptually created. I think what you could describe as a very holistic form of genius that we all possess, whether you're a drummer or a singer or a chef or a barista or a business CEO sure. is I think you're developing the capacity. And this is where maybe I've found success slowly and slowly you're developing the capacity to listen to your deeper self. So it's not about, it's really, we're, we're making a fundamental distinction between, okay, I'm reaching for something exterior to me versus taking time in whatever your medium is to listen to yourself deeply and to watch what comes up and allow sure. that to take place. And then it's not about grabbing, it's more about, moving towards totally i, I feel a different the same way distinction. Like, like the goal is not this external thing it's more like it's like a, a vision or something you're kind of just like checking in with but yeah but you're not following the goal you're kind of following you know one thing that i keep that i keep thinking about is just like curiosity and i keep wondering like what does that curiosity come from? I think for me, so much of like what my life and my career has become mm -hmm. is a, is a result of just, just kind of, I don't know. I love information. I want new experiences. Mm -hmm. I think I, I think it's like a, a core tenant of my personality. Um, so, I mean, being curious about like, what, what is my gut saying? Like what, what am I excited about? And I see some people who I know are not, feeling that way and i wonder a lot uh, you know they're not feeling wait so they don't feel curious you know with themselves or in general you know i see that a lot and and i kind of wonder fine. like sure I, I mean i wonder about it mm -hmm. i wonder like does this person 
is, is their curiosity kind of like shut off? Um, and is, and you know, maybe I'm thinking specifically of my students. Um, but you know, is, is, is it Who won't now, be named? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's most of them, I think, you know, like I, I think that curiosity, it, is it then my job kind of as a teacher to like hmm. focus on the, on getting the curiosity back or is it something that comes like by the wayside? But I, I don't know. I can't help but feel like it's sort of connected to this kind of whole idea of like, what is art, you know? And, and I think a lot of times art is just the embodiment of that exploration. So another question I have for you, unless you have no, no. thoughts about that is, so when you're thinking about all these things that you're doing, you know, you're, you're composing, not really you're composing record, much anymore, record an app, but I, you have a, you I, have, I composed for the record. Okay. That's what I mean. Like yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you've got a, you've got a project that's kind of like in the, oh, what's the word? Like yeah, behind the gate. Yeah. And that's important to me, but it's not my primary focus right now. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So you've got the, I'm just saying you've got yeah, the project, oh, sure. you've yeah. got a tour, you're teaching, yeah. you've got your dog, you're cooking, yeah. you know, all these things, you're exercising, you're meditating. Mm-hmm. Um, as you're kind of talking about art, mm-hmm. do you see the, do you see those things as like a big picture kind of art, you know, and then maybe some of them are toward a bullseye or like, how do you see it? Like what, it, what is art? I don't, I, I don't think about it. You don't think about it like that. It's just, it's a leading question. It. Yeah, I don't think about it. I think I've just seen people in my life who hold up art to such a high degree that sometimes it's used as a way to not look at life right here and right now. Sure. Like I think pay, that's true. Paying the bills or being real. I think I've, I've known a lot of people... Um, who, uh, that, um, and myself included, I, I'm not, not guilty of this either, where I use art as a way to mask myself from re- reality. Not to say that art isn't valid. I mean, I'm, most of the things I'm intrigued by are in the artistic realm. But I would say, I would say for me, the, like the divinity of each artistic platform that moves me, whether it's a uh, whether it's writing or music or I, th- you know, I think there's an art to psychology. I think yeah. there's an art to drumming technique. I think there's an art to meditation. I think there's an art to being a friend. I think. Yeah. I think there's a reality to to all of those mediums that's really porous. And I think the work that I'm doing now is just the work where I'm at right now is to see them as sort of not separate. Great. And that's helping me right now. Great. So maybe this I'm I'm going to ask this question anyway just in case. Uh I I think you may have just answered it, but do you ever feel like your or have you felt or do you have any thoughts about the idea of a money-making process mm-hmm. conflicting with a creative process. I think my my money is an interest. It's a charged one because for a long time, I if I was really honest, I didn't feel like I deserved it. Mm. And I think now, actually, if I'm really honest, I feel like I do deserve it. And what's what's coming up? Again, it's coming up is is seeing where I want to go professionally and financially, and where I don't allow it. And that that medium, the place where you want to go, 
and where you don't allow it, it's not to be, you shouldn't reject that. You should, by noticing that, that medium, that's where the work is. You know, like I have, I have, I have a money, I have a, I have a, um, I have very concrete financial goals that, that if I were to ignore them, I'm not really being honest, you know, like there are things in my financial life and in my, uh, you know, like I want to buy a house, you know, I mean, like there are, there's a certain financial number that I want to make each year to just feel balanced. And, and those are truths. Yeah. And to say that those aren't truths is not honest. And it, I, again, I, I know people in my life that because of their, sometimes we can use art as a way to not do the inner work. We can use yeah, it as a defense talk more mechanism. about that. Well, I'm going to, it's, 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 it's with someone pretty close to me, and I'm not going to go super deep into it, but I'll say I, I understand very clearly how an artist creates a facade for their life. And when that happens that usually means that there's a huge element of shame behind them which is they're not worthy in these other other ways so i'm going to use this talent thing that i have to create that to create that worthiness in other ways but but this this festering thing is going continually unaddressed and so for me i would say my work has been i mean i was going down that road for a long time and i think my work has been lately to stop and look at that festering thing and to get intimate with it and to incorporate it yeah and as i look in there it doesn't mean that i don't love drums or music or what i'm doing but it also means that i i want a relationship i want health i want stability i want people in my life that are good i want people in my life that are growing i also want to make a certain amount for my own self-worth yeah and and it's also like as i'm good at something I'm also going to charge for it. I think yeah, I'm like, right now I just charge, if you want to study with me, it's $100. And that's just because, okay, it's $100 an hour. No one locally is charging that amount. But I don't really see myself as a local player. I'm teaching most of my students, or besides the, uh, the collegiate world, most of my students I teach online. Right. And that's the way it is. And sure. I feel good with that amount. Sure. I feel like, like I think in my earlier development asking for 50 would have been like what are you doing and now it's like no i've worked really hard at this this is my craft and my time is really valuable and i also care about teaching and it takes energy so if you want to study with me it's a hundred dollars so before we get too far away from this idea i i'm wondering if we can be like less mysterious about what this festering art thing is because i i really feel like it's at the crux of like all of these things Um, so I feel like I heard you say like maybe a couple of things, like maybe one thing that there are artists, like maybe you're thinking of someone specific, but uh, surely this is something we all know. It's someone in my family. So, so, okay. So people, so someone who's an artist Mm -hmm. who maybe uses like, you know, art, whatever that means to that person uses that as, as a way to maybe like 
It's bullshit. Not deal with. So, so talk about yeah. that. And then, well, yeah. and then just to help. So I remember maybe also talking about like the way, you know, the, what it means for you to like not do the same thing. Well, that's, it, this is like a huge element of work for me because again, it's someone close to me, but yeah. And, and so then the, the issue is then do I not want to do art? Because but what is the, f- what is the blanket? Like what, you know, just, I feel like maybe you and I both kind of know what we're talking about, but I'm like, kind of, I need a little bit more clarity from you though. Yeah. Okay. So, so, okay. I think sometimes, tell me if this is kind of what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people use this kind of like highbrow, like magic version of the word art yeah. as kind of like yeah. a, a sort of a shield yeah. to avoid dealing with their crappy behavior, yeah. their bad, you know, their bad financial skills. Yes. Um, so yeah, like, like, what do you think that looks like? Just, you know, I, I, oh, we can talk about it, you know, like. Yeah, it's someone who uses art as a way to separate themselves from the world. As if to say, like, I'm a different kind of person because I'm an artist. Yeah. So I can, I can avoid, yes. you know, these, these aspects of humanity. It's, it's, it's a solidification of the ego. It's narcissism. It's, it's the fear-based person in all of us that needs to create this exterior to feel whole in some ways and to get attention. We all have elements of that. Like, we all have, like, no one's completely immune to that, but we can look at it. Yeah. And I think the crippling element for me is I, I know that element really well, mm. and I also really like music, and I've worked really hard at music. So, Interesting. So then, well, shit. So You've got to tease it out. Should I, like, stop doing music? And then that creates this whole element of psychological warfare and then as i share whatever i share or you know let's say i put out music or i share stuff online then that inner judgment just creates blah 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 it just creates so much work i think meditation helps because you can see okay is this coming from a bullshit perspective or or is this like something that you actually just want to create cool sure I would That's say real i would say yeah it's just like this is what i want to do it has nothing about me creating I mean, it has less to do about me creating the solidification of Steve. It's more about I just really like this bright, bright simple idea. Shit. Yeah. Um, I I would say if you're using art to separate yourself from others, that's the issue. Um, or like I know I know for me, I think it's hard to know exactly. You know, I look back at like my 17, 18 year old self, and I'm not exactly sure what was going on. <laughs> in her mind, but, um, but I, I suspect that, you know, art felt like, I don't know, like some cross between home and maybe just like, I think I saw it as like a a doorway to Mm -hmm. something better, but I feel similar to you in that I kind of wonder like, if it's the doorway, am I caught in it? Am I caught in well, that doorway if I sep- stay? You have you have to separate some things there, you know, because there is sure. there's a whole framework in the adult developmental psychology too, which is there are there are there are time and places. Like for me, if it, if I didn't have music when I was younger, um, you know, I might not be here. Like music for me was yeah. really really important, and for me to create a hyper sense of solid identity identity with music in that way was actually really, really healthy yeah. because it just pushed me through all the bullshit I went I've to college. Like, I had a same ex- similar experience. Like, I really, like, I needed music 
to get me through some obstacles. And the challenges as you get older is then that solidification becomes an issue where relationships are hard or, you know, like there's a whole bunch of, you know, I know a lot of musicians and I think you do too, where they're really good at music, but there's a lot of musicians that are maybe not the most emotionally developed. And um, I would say as we progress in life, then the next stage would be um, how can I start to be a little... um, I just noticed I moved the mic, so I hope that you heard the first 40 minutes of this whole thing. No, I think think you're good. Okay, good. Um, I guess there's a stage where you you need a solid self. Yeah. And then there's a stage where you need to maybe let the solid self go. And so... Or, or have it be malleable. Yeah. And then I would say the issue is when that hyper-solid sense of self goes unchecked for the rest of your life. And the person that I, the person in my family that I'm referring to, I would say, has stayed in the mainframe sure. of that that solid self has been unexamined. Sure. And the work that I'm trying to do is I'm I have a very solid sense of self. Yeah. I have my own narcissism. I have my own stuff. And I'm looking at it. Yeah. And I also want to be successful and I also de- I'm seeing that I deserve success and happiness. And I also like to work on the things that I like to work on. Yeah. And what I find is as I move towards really moving towards what I want to work on, I find avenues to do it. I find people to collaborate with. I might lose people in the process, but I'm more authentic. Yeah. So I would rather have people that are more authentic in my life than cultivating friendships that are maybe not not healthy for me. Sure. Yeah, I I think I, I get what you're saying. I think we have... I think we maybe kind of have... Our, our issues are in the same ballpark, but maybe like other opposite ends of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I feel similarly like, you know, I think about what art used to mean to me and maybe kind of what originally like made it feel like a place I needed to be. Um, and then kind of now thinking like, like, you know, having a, a combination of, you know, trying to integrate everything together and also, you know, like, taking it apart and looking at the pieces yeah. and being like, what belongs? That's uh, that's a healthy process. Yeah. Do you have any more thoughts about that? Maybe in terms of like advice or like, you know, how it might look to someone else or like any... I, I mean, I don't know. I think the process is going to continually evolve. Yeah. I would just say the work one does inwardly, and you don't have to meditate, but you can do whatever practices, the whatever helps you facilitate more interior self-knowledge. And that could be through prayer, it could be through just strictly through music, or it could be through whatever medium, relationships. The work that I've done inwardly has really has has very much helped me to move to a different phase of my life professionally, outwardly. Yeah. And I would say so going back to the initial question of what are these ideas between art and all these different things, it's not really about like one of do you know who David Lynch is? No. So David Lynch is a crazy filmmaker. He's he's kind of nuts, but I love him. No, he's he's awesome. Cool. He's um he's a super. If he were here, you'd love him. He's really funny. 
Um, so he did um, he had did this series in in the early '90s that became just this cult series called Twin Peaks. And okay, it only, yeah, I've heard of that. It's like ridiculously awesome. It's weird as hell. And he also did um, he did like Lost Highway. He's done some big movies. He did. Uh, what did he do? He did the first Dune movie. Okay. I mean, so he's cool. I mean, I've not met him, but uh, a lot of people in the music world, we kind of look up to him. Sure. And I had this realization with, with why Twin Peaks is so successful. So he's a meditator. He he practices a different... He practices what's called TM, Transcendental mm-hmm. Meditation. But um, one of the reasons... That Twin Peaks is so fucking cool and weird and has created a whole legion of people that are... I mean, that it's just a whole thing. Yeah. is because the show is basically every character and every scene are just facets of David's care of creativity. There's not really a separation. So when you watch that through the lens of David Lynch creating moments for, of David Lynch. Like the, the main character is a part of David Lynch. The weird red room scene is part of, like there's this really, he got this idea to create this. So he had this very small person, uh, this dwarf in this red room. Um, and he wanted to give people a weird, surreal, like sounding voice. So what he had people, he had this idea well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give them words backwards and they're going to speak words backwards, but then we're going to play it normal so it sounds yeah. completely effed up. I mean, he's just, he's kind of, he's someone where you have a sense. Like, he's kind of a nutty dude. Like, he has a coffee company and he has he's like really into like mushrooms and like not the drug sure. but just like straight up mushrooms. He's really into mushrooms. He's weird. He's kind of a weird <laughs> dude and everybody kind of loves the dude. Um like 9 inch nails kind of looks up to him and all these things. And yeah, I don't know. Like I I think the reason a lot of people do dig him is cuz they get a sense that this guy is just authentically being him and film is his primary medium and he's just doing his thing yeah you know and there's an honesty to that versus you go into the movie and seeing like you know another movie that it's this super scripted thing and it's like okay it's like any other damn movie sure so you know as we're kind of like maybe wrapping up um is there anything else you'd like to say about this idea of, you know, so I, I've, I've talked to several people and I, and I already know that there are going to be plenty of people who disagree with you. I think I tend to dis, I think I tend to agree mostly with you. Okay. Um, but you know, ton, I think there are plenty of people who feel like they really need to keep strict boundaries between like art and business and make sure that their business goals don't like negatively affect their creativity or some people, you know, that's cool. No, I totally, I mean, again, if there was one answer, I don't disagree with that disagreement. This, this wouldn't be an interesting conversation <laughs> for us to have. Yeah. I, so that just, I mean, I don't really think in those ways though. That's what I'm saying. Oh. So, um, so, so is there anything else, you know, I, I'm thinking like your perspective mm-hmm. is, 
it's the same. It's one big thing. We are integrating all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Like I said, I think I, I'm inclined to feel a similar way. Um, if you need to have boundaries around, like, you know, if yes. you need to have certain boundaries, like, no, for me to say to someone, you need to live your life in X, Y, or Z, that's not, you, it, I would say, if you learn how to listen to what your interior structure is telling you, and your interior structure is saying that you're going to most, you're going to operate best in ways that are dissimilar than me, and I say to you, you're wrong, then I'm full of shit. Right. No, I totally agree with you. That's, that's why. That's why I want to have this conversation but with if so someone many people. Says, but if someone says to me that my way of operating is wrong because what I'm doing is not comfortable for them for various reasons, or the way I'm going about my career is in opposition to their method. Well, I mean, I could be open to feedback. Now, yeah. listen, I mean, there might be someone, I mean, it depends. Is is the person giving me feedback because they legitimately see something that I can improve? Yeah. And then could I be open to that feedback? And that's a sign of sure. health. Or is that person giving me feedback because they're uncomfortable with me operating in a way that is dissimilar to how they sure. operate? And then I have to, in my wisdom, see what is the intention of that feedback. And if it's a, if it's a noble intention, then I'm open to it. And then I can choose to receive Great. it. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. if it's full of shit and you're like, you tell me I should only do one post a day. Well, who... I had one person say to me, and I'm not going to name who, years ago say, you can only do one post a day. And it was because I think that, well, well why? Yeah. No. Who made some that my, rule? My, my, some of my favorite people are kind of crazy. Matt Chamberlain is a great LA uh, studio drummer. He's, he's a badass. And he's kind of a nutty, another kind of David Lynch. He's another kind of David Lynch kind of guy. He does what he wants to do. He sounds like him. He plays on everybody's record. I mean, he's he's like the he's yeah. a motherfucker. Yeah. And he's kind of crazy. Sure. And why people like him is because he's him. Sure. And so you can't tell someone how to operate through their creativity. I actually was not even trying to ask that question. Okay. Yeah. No, it's good. I just though. felt like I, I wanted agree to say with it. you. No, yeah. I totally agree with you. What I am trying to say is because this is totally not a one size fits all, right? Like we You're all talking have, about success? No, I'm talking about like how we deal with art versus business or whether we think about it in those terms at all. Mm-hmm. Because because it's not a one size fits all. I'm wondering if there's anything else you'd like to say about oh. the way you do it that might, you know. Well, I'll just say my and we were talking about this before. So my big um my big hero right now is a drummer by the name of Mark Giuliano. And he's a badass. He's, and he's married to Gretchen Parlato. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And I think he's also a Buddhist too. I think he do, I don't think he talks about it, but I think he is. Um he's a really beautiful guy. Um he, I look up to him in a lot of ways. Uh as a player, he's So I'll give you an example and then we can close. So sometimes I play with musicians who need to dominate and from their perspective, want me to play in very strict parameters. Okay. And it doesn't feel very good. Yeah. Um, 
I've experienced that. Yeah, I think we all have. Crappy. I mean, it's different. So you should be sensitive to every gig, and you should also be big enough for every gig. And and you should. Mark said so. My student and I recently was in the UK, and I did this drum tour there. And there was a lot of cool moments of connection that happened. And my student who set up the tour, his girlfriend is an amazing, amazing singer. And she went. She went through a lot of self doubt, and she went to a Mark's uh, master class in um, in Wales. And um, Mark said, "You know, some, when I want to play soft, I'm going to be the softest fucking drummer you ever heard. But when I want to play loud, I'm going to hit the drums so fucking loud." <laughs> And Brian Blade's another guy like that. Like Brian Blade, you can't, you I love can't, him. Like you, he, his heart's huge. And if you try to, he, he's not afraid to be. You know, he he'll say. I've he, I've seen it read. He, I, not everybody should make be making records. That's what he said. Yeah. And I think he he his heart's big. And sometimes we equate this idea that your heart means everything's kumbaya. Heart mm-hmm. means you can also have the love to say enough. Right. Yeah. That's that's there's a love to that. But go. Let me just finish the thing with Mark. Mark plays the way he does, and and he's got a lot of heart and a lot of. Uh, he's broken a lot of interior boundaries, and um, and I know a little bit about him because of my time in New York too, and and I remember he posted this uh, comment about seven years ago before he kind of exploded on Facebook, and he said, "I'm just gonna get used to not making money." And then, and I think for him, that was a moment of like, well, I think I'm just going to accept being a drummer and I won't make any money. And then like two years later, he started, you know, recording with Brad Meldow. And I think, you know, he's done stuff with David Bowie and he's, he's like the most in demand drummer in the world. He's probably making minimum 250K a year, you know? Yeah. But. But That's maybe a signal that, you know, that for him, success is kind of in that surrender to like, yeah, I'm just, he, he's someone when you experience him and you talk to him, he's done the work. So when I saw him, what was cool is this tour, it was my first tour. And then as a, as a drum clinician, and then I got to connect with Mark. Um, we've connected a few times before we taught actually the same student when I lived in New York, but just where I need to go, he's been a big influence. And I saw how he just, he made he made an effort to listen to the opening band, and he was just really mm-hmm. present and gave them his attention. And I've seen as he's, he's kind of a leader now. He's, he's probably like the most in-demand drummer in the world, uh, pretty much. And yeah, that's awesome. He's, he, he's, he's become a leader. And I think I think he's had to learn how to do that. And he wrote to me, and this is maybe just closing. What I'll just say is, he said, "Steve, just follow, follow your gut and trust. No, trust your gut and follow your bliss." Yeah. And I think there's no other better, there's no other advice I can give than to follow your gut and trust your bliss. Trust your bliss and follow your gut. I mean, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I I agree with you. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to tell us about, you know, what you're excited about, what we can look forward to from you? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm going to go to Nam for the first time in a couple of weeks. Um, awesome. 
I have something that's really, 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 really cool, but I can't really announce it yet. Okay. Um, it's it involves an online drum platform that is pretty well known, but um, I'll be able to announce something there in, in about a month or so. I'm going to go to Argentina in May uh, for another drum clinic stuff. I have some. I have a couple tours with Chase Baird, uh, saxophonist for Antonio Sanchez lined up. Uh, I think we're going to do some stuff. Uh, we're still waiting on dates, but I, th- I think this year we're going to go to Europe and then Israel with some dates in the U.S. Cool. And then I'm just going to, I want to do more drum clinics ab- abroad. I'd like to do more of that. And... I'd like to just also have a fun life and make money and drink coffee and practice the drums. And I just, I kind of want to just get better. Yeah. Like I'm at a stage In where general. I, I just want, yeah. As, and also just as a drummer, yeah. like I just want to get better. Yeah. Like I'm practicing a lot right now. That's awesome. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, what are your like handles and website and oh, where can we find you? Instagram. Um, people usually read it as Steve Lee Man Drums, but it's Steve Lyman Drums. Steve Lee Man Ev- Everybody, <laughs> every, yeah, everybody sees it as Steve Lee Man Drums. Oh my gosh. I'm on Facebook. I have a website, stevelymandrums.com. And if you need to contact me for booking or for just questions, Steve Lyman Drums at Gmail. All right, Steve, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Savannah Kiniston. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week. Thank you.